Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The views and opinions expressed on Unlock Your Wealth Radio are those of the host, guests, and callers only, and are not necessarily the views of Unlock Your Wealth Radio, Heather Wagonhalls, or Success Publishing International. More willpower than a barefoot woman at a shoe sale. Able to stretch a single paycheck for an entire month. Makes money concepts easier than third grade math. Introducing your purveyor of prosperity, Heather Wagonhalls. Work all day, stress all night. Take your mind off your money, focus on your life. Money don't matter or the stuff is bought. It's the way you think, not what you got, yeah. Unlock Your Wealth Radio starts now. Get your money mind right. Today's show is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at unlockyourwealthradio.com slash freebook and click on the link to over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thanks for stopping by for our Zyrtec D edition of Unlock Your Wealth Radio. <laughs> As you can tell, the allergies of Arizona have finally found me with the wind lately. We are so glad to have you. I'm Heather Wagonhalt, flanked by my producer extraordinaire, Michael Terry. Hey, hey, hey. And we will help you get your money mind right on today's show with the following great features. Now, remember, it is still National Financial Literacy Month, and we are in our second key for our keys to riches, and we're going to go green this show, and not the green snot either. <laughs> <laughs> from my, from my, <clears throat> yeah, from my allergies. Uh, so we're going to go green. This key, take action, make assessment. Our moolah word of the day has to do with retirement and if you are ready for it or not. Uh, we are also going to talk minutes on your money, how to talk money with your honey. Yeah. This is a toughie, and we're going to tackle that. Michael and I, we'll, we'll, we'll do a, a role play sure. so we can go back to our spouses and we'll practice on today's show. Uh, our trivia question is acceptance and affirmation. Well, I mean, it's based on last week's key, acceptance and affirmation. So if you listened last week, fabulous for you. You have a leg up on the competition, but you can always visit our website and download the episode and research it if you'd like to win cool, fabulous prizes. Today's guest, we have Tom Corson Knowles. Everybody's got a book, they say. He is the founder of ebookpublishingschool.com, and he is going to teach us how you can get your story out there, or better yet, maybe even make a career out of it. As always, we will talk about your money, your credit, and how to get ahead in any economy. We will also show you how to manage your money easier, saving time and reducing stress using these proven techniques for you to create unlimited wealth and happiness. Happiness. Everybody needs some happiness along with their Zyrtec D. And <laughs> but moving forward... 
Uh, Insiders Club members are entered automatically in our weekly giveaways, but if you are not a member and would like to compete for great money management tools, just answer today's trivia question correctly. Now, we always base our trivia question on a previous show. And this week's trivia question is, what are one of the six P's for affirmation success? So if you remember when we did our key acceptance and affirmation, we talked about the six P's. All you have to do is name one of those to win fabulous prizes. So you can win one of three ways. You can call in to win, and that is area code 866-966-9420. 1-866-966-9420. If it's busy, keep trying. And if you get the voicemail, do leave your contact information so we can send you your prize and contact you to let you know you are a wiener. Uh, you can email in to win, or you can visit in the chat room. Uh, so did you like my hot dog joke? You are a I, wiener? I, I, I was going to say, you want to redo that? You want to <laughs> punch that in? No, you are a wiener. <laughs> No, like, you know, like the Doreener Snitchel. Do you remember that? Like, I'm dating myself from when I was a kid, the Doreener Snitchel commercials. Must and be in Arizona. It, it was probably an Arizona thing in the 70s, you know. Doreener Snitchel, it was like this cool Swiss chalet, and, like, the drive through went through the middle of, like, the building. It looked like a Swiss chalet, like, and you drove through the middle of the house to get your hot dogs. No kidding. It's not around anymore. Well, now it's just called Wiener Snitchel. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, they had the best chili cheese sauce. Oh, I remember. Okay. The hot dog's any good. Oh, oh, my gosh. They're, like, the best. I remember my dad and I would go there when, when I was uh, 13. And my dad was, you know, he was only 5'10", and he was about as wide as he was tall. Mm-hmm. And, and I was, like, 13 or 14 then. And we went up, and we ordered, like, eight chili cheese dogs. <laughs> and they were, like, thinking the fat guy's going to eat it all, right? But I had, my dad had, like, two, and I had six. Wow. And I was, like, a beanpole growing up that's I mean I was just tall and skinny that was it and uh, so it was pretty funny I remember that they'd always look and I'm like no those are for me because you know like they always give you that funny look yeah you know sometimes so uh yeah (laughs) so you can hop in the chat room if you're live listening live and you can give me your answer hi I'm here come visit or you can email us to win if you're listening from a podcast because you can win that way too you don't have to listen live and that is trivia at uywradio.com trivia at uywradio.com and you too can be a wiener <laughs> but you can win your fabulous prizes. Um, so we've got all kind of great money management tools from our previous show guests. So if you want to take and go in-depth with some of their concepts, this is your way to get there for free. Well, it's not really free. You have to take the time to pick up the phone. Yeah. So it costs you your time. But it'd be well worth it. The rewards can be endless. And if you have no idea what the answer is, everyone can still walk away a winner. So for you, the listeners of Unlock Your Wealth Radio Nation, Audible is offering a free audiobook download and free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Just visit the website. Today's Minutes on Your Money, I mentioned about talking money with your honey. That is so difficult because, you know, if if one of you is a spender and one of you is a saver, that's not so bad. Can you imagine if you're both spenders? Oh, my God. The fights would just be nuts. Yeah. Yeah. So talking about finances with your significant other is harder for most couples. Um, discussing intimacy um, is so much easier. I mean, have you ever gone to a dinner party where everybody's talking about sex or, or politics or something like this, one of those taboo subjects? But like when money comes around, everybody clams up, you know, because 
you know, they just, they don't want, it's like, it's dirty laundry. Yeah. But, and sex is the clean laundry, laundry now. So it's tough to talk about it in groups, let alone with your significant other, and especially if you've been the one committing the financial infractions, you know, because you just know at some point they're going to come and talk to you about reining in your spending, but it's usually not a talk to you. By the time they get the statement, they're fuming, and, and so it can be really, really awkward. But it's super important that we do this because there are things that affect you financially, like kids' education, savings for yourselves, for you know, quality of life type stuff, vacations, things like that, retirement, spending allowances. And the problem is that people will try to avoid these things as long as they can. Because nobody wants to have the chat, you know. So they try to avoid it. But here's a couple different things that you need to talk about. And these are ways that you can broach the subject more comfortably. So by when it comes to money management and accomplishing your goals, we already know to spend less and save more, but we don't. Because we're biologically, as you know from being a regular listener, biologically set up to fail at that. So one of the biggest arguments we have come from surprises. So like opening that statement and finding out that somebody went a little nuts on the credit cards. So uh, one of the biggest ways to start an argument is when one spouse does some secret spending. And we've talked about financial infidelity on the show and stuff before. So what it would be great is to set a spending threshold. So create a number, whatever it is, uh, $100, $500, depending on whatever your financial fluency is and whatever your cash flow situation is and income, say, you know, we're not going to go over this amount on an individual purchase without the other person knowing, you know, because the next thing you know, you know, I mean, it reminds me of that movie, A Christmas Story. Remember when the dad bought the lamp that was like the leg with the stockings yeah, on it and yeah, it was yeah. so gaudy and it was so expensive and she went nuts? Yeah. Yeah, so like we don't get any of those prices. Look, it's from France. It says Fragili <laughs> <laughs> on the package. And then when the dogs were running through, they broke the lamp, yeah, you yeah. know, when they... A good yeah, so um, one of my friends is in that flick, as a matter of fact. So Ralphie, I grew up here in Arizona. Really? Actually, yeah, we were both at the same modeling agency. Who, who is Ralphie? Uh, Ralphie is, um, oh my gosh, uh, his name just escaped me because I, I know his email address. What character was he in? He was Ralphie, the, the blonde. Yeah, he was also Messy Marvin in, in the, in the um, Billingsley, Peter Billingsley. Okay. I don't know why I couldn't remember that. Yeah, he's a really famous director and stuff like that now, wow. too. So he does a lot of stuff. He, he usually directs and, and, and does things with Vince Vaughn, whose dad lives here. Was he related to uh, Barbara Billingsley, the uh, Leave it to Beaver mother? Uh, I don't know. It's kind of a, you know... His mom has a hair salon here. Unique name. Oh, well, that's not Barbara Billingsley. But, I mean, she might have acted she, and then... She might have been the Beaver's mother back in the day. Yeah. And, and opened up a hair salon. <laughs> there you go, yeah, with all of her money, you know. So, <laughs> something to do. You know, people get... People think, you know, like, people that, that when actors and singers go away, they just do nothing. Yeah. And it's just that no. they just don't do anything publicly. Right. They still do things. So I don't know, though. You know, it was just Mama Billingsley. I never called my parents, any of my friends' parents by their first names. It was either Mama or Papa, whatever it was, other than the last name. Like, it was a respecting. You weren't even allowed to address them without their last name kind of thing. It was kind of a weird deal. So, uh, yeah, so set a spending threshold. 
Uh, and then the talk about education. And it seems like it would be an easy discussion because everybody wants the best for the kids, but it's one of the most common disagreements between couples. And their kids' education, you know, can vary dramatically. You know, if you've got one person that, whose parents paid for their education and blah, 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 and then, you know, the other person had to work hard for it, maybe they want their kid to work hard for it. And if it means something, yeah. you know, that's it. I, I asked, you know, my brother, I said, can I contribute to my nephew? Because I don't have any kids. So I'm like, can I contribute to his education fund? And he goes, what education fund? And I'm like, well, aren't you saving for him to go to college? And he says, if he wants to go to college, he'll figure it out like I did. He'll get scholarships, he'll get straight A's, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, he'll go. And then my brother did the GI Bill, too. So my brother, you know, didn't have to work, really. And he he came up with this really neat business called Ranger Helps Sewing Service. Mm -hmm. And he he undercut the people that that sewed the patches on the uniforms because he knew where they go. And, you know, we grew up sewing because, you know, we were poor. So my mom gave him a sewing machine and he had business. So so some people may want to save and some people may want to make them work for it. And it's a discussion that needs to be had because if somebody's expecting to save, then that savings has got to start, be worked into the the financial plan somehow, into your savings and spending plan. Um, Deciding where to live. Some people really want to own a house and some people don't care. Some people may be transient and want to rent. So um, the the best thing to do is to sit and have a discussion. Um, it's an emotional decision. You know, um, I'm moving into a house now after almost a decade of living in a high rise. You know, so you've got all these different kind of dynamics yeah. going on. So um, it can be a very emotional decision where, you know, home is where the heart is. And so where you make your home is important and everybody's got to be on the same page, you know. Um and depending on where you live, you know, there may be financial benefits to owning versus renting uh, or, or not. You know, so these are things that you got to talk about based on what your job is, how transient you are, whether you want to set down roots, whether that's not realistic. Maybe you want to be a nomad. Maybe you just want to crash at your dad's pad whenever you come through town <laughs> and just expect a place to stay. So um, deciding where to live is an important thing. And also vacations, you know, um, like it never occurred to me to take a vacation because we just never really took vacations, you know, growing up. I mean, like I remember uh, my grandpa and, and grandma took me and my brother to Disneyland once. And then we met my dad at Disneyland once and then we went fishing. But um, for the most part, you know, my mom just left me and my brother home during the summer and we just play games and watch TV game shows were like our thing. Yeah. We'd always try to guess it before the other person and stuff, or we'd be playing outside. We never went on vacations. There's just no money. So in the summer here you played outside. Oh yeah. yeah. And for some reason it didn't seem as hot as it is now. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I don't know. We played outside in the summer. We played outside so much that we couldn't even, we couldn't even come inside. We, we would, to get a drink, we would like turn on the hose, you know, and, you know, and it'd be like all hot because the water, like it was sitting in the hose, it'd be baking in the sun. We'd be like, oh, burning our lips for a little while until the cool water came. And then we'd like pour it all over ourselves and get all wet. And then we'd go play. You know, we play kickball in the streets at noon, like when it's so hot, when the sun's right overhead. Yeah, didn't kick the can. That was like a really good thing wow. with the neighbor kids. We play kick the can or football. Well, probably wasn't. It probably wasn't as much as a con- of a concrete jungle back then either. The concrete holds a lot of heat. Yeah, I mean, we were on the edge of the boondocks, so like yeah. there was like a desert field for the longest time growing yeah. up. You know, we used to go out there and have BB gun wars too. Yeah. yeah. 
so um, vacations is an important thing. And then retirement expectations. You can't forget retirement expectations. You know, you, you got to have that conversation because what if one spouse wants to retire early and the other one wants to keep working? Uh, what if your finances don't permit that option? You know, depending on how well you saved, how close you are, whether your investments performed, what you were doing with your investments, all those things make a difference. And we have to pay attention to that. And everybody has a different idea. And, you know, it's, it wouldn't it be great if, like, right when you started dating somebody, you could hand them this list and then they could check off the things that they're in for and they're, they're not up for yeah, so right. you can, like, know if you guys are all on the same page? Wouldn't that be great? Well, I think, I think online dating, you sort of can do that a little bit. Right? Yeah, I think you can explore things a little bit more. And I mean, my brother got married, and two of my friends got married off of that one that does the compatibility thing. Uh-huh. You know, um, what's that one called? I can't think of it. But uh, anyway, we should have got them as a sponsor for the show. <laughs> How to talk money with your honey. Yeah. Anyway, there's some, like, you know, deal, you know, that, that they can do that. But for the most part, it's just a conversation that most people don't have, you know. I mean, I'm just shy. I mean, I remember, like, I would do background checks and pull credit reports and stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, well, I used to work for Skip Tracer, so I could find all that stuff out. Because, you know, you got to know what you're getting into, especially if you're a girl. I already got taken for a ride once. It ain't going to happen again. <laughs> Uh, Tom Corson Knowles, Moolah Word of the Day and Keys to Riches coming up in our Financial Literacy Month on Unlock Your Wealth Radio. We'll be right back after this. Commander Marty Logan here from the Top Gun Seminars. What I've learned over the years is that the most successful people in life have coaches to guide them along their chosen path. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, Tony Stewart, Tom Hopkins, Kathy Colby all had coaches. Whether it was their father, someone else's father, or another person who helped them to shape their desires into an achievable path to success with a system of accountability where quitting was the only way to fail. Each of these people had someone who didn't see them as they first were, but as the person inside they knew they could easily become. Financial coaching can be the single addition you need to become financially independent. Call the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation now for your free consultation. 1-866-966-9420. That toll-free number again is 1-866-966-9420. Or visit us on the web at www.unlockyourwealth.com. I'm Heather Wagonhalls. Too much month left over at the end of the money? Tired of paying off debt again like a slave? Then tune in to my one-minute update on Fort Myers Beach Radio for your morning cup of money motivation. And for more tips, visit crackingyourmoneycode.com. Greenback is your neighborhood lender for auto title loans. We offer fast and easy cash title loans for cars, trucks, and motorcycles. Keep your car with title loans from $100 to $50,000. There are no year or mileage limits at Greenback. And we offer the cheapest rates in Arizona, guaranteed. For more information, visit GreenbackTitleLoans.com or call 480-926-6666. Welcome back to the show, everyone. You are listening to Unlock Your Wealth Radio, and I am she, your maven of moolah. Heather Wagonhalls is your moolah word of the day. And it's actually a moolah phrase today, retirement readiness. And it is defined as a state of preparedness by an individual to enter retirement. This typically means they have planned for retirement and are financially secure. 
It's a phrase that's used to describe people actively preparing for retirement at a certain date out into the future as well. Now, to be financially uh, retirement ready, it involves three main elements, being both financially, mentally, and physically ready for retirement. So, Michael, how close are you? Uh, you know, I'm probably three or four years out. No. What about the show? You well, can't go. Well, no, I mean, I'm, in terms of collecting uh, some Social Security. Retirement, I don't think I'll ever retire. I mean, you know, official retirement. I mean, what am I going to do? Well, exactly. This is, I love this stuff. I'm, this is my... I know, because it doesn't feel like work. I'm buying a new Mac. <laughs> I know, just for... Okay, good. So I got at least five years oh, out yeah, of here. Nice. Okay, good. Well... <laughs> Phew, I was sweating that one. So that's it. Uh, retirement readiness. Thank God Michael isn't <laughs> ready to retire. For the sake of the show, it must go on. The show must go on. The show must go on. So uh, we have an incredible guest. That book that's just dying to get out of you, but you have no idea where to start. Well, Tom Corson Knowles is going to join us, and he is going to help us get ourselves ready. He is the international best-selling author of the Kindle Publishing Bible and 19 other books. Hmm. Could he have track record that we perhaps would like to follow? Tom is also the founder of the ebookpublishingschool.com, a free video training program for authors. That's a favorite F word of mine. Free. And TCK Publishing, a book publisher that specializes in publishing and marketing Kindle books online. The company's mission statement is to build a sustainable ebook publishing company that helps as many authors as possible fulfill their dreams. And now he is joining us today to help you fulfill, fulfill yours. Welcome to the show, Tom. Thanks so much for being a part of Unlock Your Wealth Radio. Thanks so much for having me. I am so excited because I haven't had an entrepreneur publisher such as yourself on the show before, and everybody has a story to tell, and not everybody knows how to do it. They think, oh, I've got to go to a big publisher, and I don't want to be rejected, and I've, I, I have, I think, a compelling story I'd like to tell, or I'd like to find another way to make money around what I do currently. Maybe I love what I do, but I don't make enough money to make ends meet or support my family. And they're they're kind of looking for something else to do. So this is awesome because you are a book publisher and you're an educator as well. You help people become their own book publishers. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I started off as an author myself writing my own books. And, you know, I tried to get traditionally published and tried to find an agent and a big publisher to publish my books. And, you know, long story short, failed miserably after six years of many rejections, I decided you know, that obviously wasn't working. And about that time, uh, Kindle came out, and uh, there's this new opportunity for, for people to self-publish their books as an ebook on Amazon Kindle. So I did that, and uh, within 12 months, I had my first $12,000-plus month from royalties just from my ebooks alone on Kindle. Oh, my gosh. How exciting was that day? Yeah, it was, it was amazing. But honestly, the even more exciting day was, was actually just the first month after publishing my first book on Kindle, I logged in, and, and I was so embarrassed at the time that I had to self-publish that, you know, I didn't tell anyone that I published my book, and so I really didn't expect any sales, but I logged into my account, and I saw I had sold, like, 14 books in that first month without telling anyone in the world about it, 
And I realized immediately, you know, look, if I can sell this many books without telling anyone, imagine what I could do if I actually really focused on this and treated this like a business and started really marketing myself and my books. And so that's what I did, and that's why the success came so quickly. Well, now, were you still working full-time doing something else? No, I've, I've actually been an entrepreneur ever since, uh, well, since I was a teenager, really, but I had my first successful business in college uh, working in direct sales, and so by the time I graduated, I never had to look for a job. Nice. So what types of books did you start writing about that you weren't able to get published traditionally? Well, my very first book was actually about personal development, and it was kind of, you know, the, the keys to success or even my beliefs about, you know, what it takes to live a successful life. And so I, I originally just wrote the book for me, uh, but I shared it with a few friends and family members, and everyone loved it, and they said, you know, you should definitely get this published. And so that's when I started the rally trying to get published. But my first book was about personal development. I've written other books since then about for authors and, you know, how to self-publish and how to market your books. Um, but all of my books revolve around, uh, you know, marketing and business. Okay. So how can someone um, take what they think is a story that they have to tell or maybe they've been telling a story and people say, oh, you should write a book. So um, can people really make money at this? Because, you know, there are, you know, before Kindle came out and before in just the traditional book published world, you know, the standard was, you know, you were a raving success if you could sell 5,000 books. And that was before electronic publishing. And the average book only ever, ever sold that much. Very rarely did people make the bestseller list. Is, is it possible with electronic publishing to really make a living, create a life? Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, there are, there are so many thousands of authors now making, uh, you know, either a good living or a full-time income from their books, the self-published authors. And it's happening more and more and quicker and quicker because, you know, the market's totally shifted. You know, if you look at the sales in 2013, for eBooks, it was about $4 billion in eBook sales in the U.S. and about $10 billion in physical book sales in wow. the trade market. And they predict that by 2016, eBook sales will surpass physical book sales with over $10 billion in eBook sales. So if you look at the market right now, all the growth is in eBooks, and there's also some growth in audiobooks, but that's a much smaller market. So, you know, and all this growth is coming from either new authors who are self-published or just traditional books that people are no longer buying the physical books, but they're actually buying the ebook version. So, you know, if you're a new author and you don't have a traditional book publishing deal, you know, probably 80 90% of your books in most markets will be sold as ebooks, not as paperbacks. So a lot of people think, well, I have to have a paperback book. That's, that's how I make money and that's how I get my prestige. Um, but, you know, the vast majority of your profit for most self-published authors will actually come from the ebook, not the paperback. Yeah, and, you know, you would think, so, you know, because if you tell people, yeah, I'm an author, and they're like, oh, well, I haven't seen you on the bookshelves, you'd be like, oh, well, like, I'm an ebook author. Does, is, there, is there less prestige in being an ebook author versus a traditional paperback or a hardcover book author? Yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways, being at the social psyche, we haven't really caught up with this whole ebook revolution. So a lot of People and especially authors who have been around, you know, for a long time, you know, we still think that, you know, if you have a traditional book deal and you're in bookstores, then you're a successful author. And if you just have an ebook, you know, you're not successful. But, you know, for me, I sold over 50,000 books in the last two and a half years, and you know, 95% of those have been ebooks, not paperback books. I'm not in bookstores, but you know, I earn a very nice income from my books alone and from my royalties. And you know, I look at some of my friends who are authors. 
with traditional book deals, and you know they might get five thousand dollars or ten thousand or twenty five thousand dollars for an advance, but you know ninety five percent of the time they're not earning out royalties on their advances, which means that they never sell enough books to actually earn royalties on an ongoing basis. So what ends up happening is they have to write a new book every time they want to make more money, and they have to hold sign a new book deal and everything like that. So they're not actually making money consistently. Whereas a self-publisher out there like me. Every single month, Amazon is sending me a check for the royalties from my sales. And that's awesome. That's so cool. That, that, you know, that's what I always look for is my Kindle Direct publishing check. Where is it? Where is it? And I think that that's, yeah. that's you know, one of the greatest things. And it's, uh, it's almost funny, too, because I tie my ego to my check. <laughs> like, oh, man, I totally didn't work as hard marketing myself this month. And I can always catch where I've slacked off or like, ooh, I wonder where that bump came from. And and I try to, right. you know, I think that that's what I like best about electronic publishing because my books that are out currently are in both formats. And it's so funny, too, because we have these boxes at the office piled up. And my husband's like, are you ever going to get rid of those? Are you ever going to sell any books? And I'm like, you know, I sell books all day long, every day, but there ain't these. <laughs> they're, they're the electronic ones because everybody wants to read them on their iPhone, their iPad, their Kindle, or whatever little electronic device, they, you know, Nooks, whatever. They, they don't, you know, lie. And, and I like curling up with a book, like a physical book that I can dog ear the page and stuff like that. I really like that. I like the Kindle because it's got that similar feel with the black type on the white background and it's easy to read in daylight. So I kind of like my Kindle too. But, you know, I've kind of been sort of died in the wool, you know, and I think it's probably just my generation. I grew up reading Nancy Drews and stuff and I had physical books to do that. And so I think it's just a learning curve. But, you know, all of the, the grandkids of the boomers are totally hopping on the bandwagon and they're teaching grandma and grandpa. So you got all the boomers going to the electronic reading and then you got all the young kids doing the electronic reading. And so, you know, while it seems surprising of the four and eight billion uh, dollars in the industry for last year, I guess I'm not surprised that, that electronic books are going to overtake physical books soon. It's certainly an easier store yeah. on the bookshelf. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, ebooks already outsell physical books in terms of numbers, but since they're price less, the actual amount of money spent is less right now. But the amount of money spent on ebooks will surpass paperbacks in the near future. Okay. Well, you know, I have a litany more questions about specifics for you because folks are going to want to know how to. So after the break, I want to talk about what it takes to succeed as an author today and what we need to know about marketing our ebooks. You are listening to Tom Corson Knowles on Unlock Your Wealth Radio, and we'll be right back with more after this. Commander Marty Logan here from the Top Gun Seminars. What I've learned over the years is that the most successful people in life have coaches to guide them along their chosen path. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, Tony Stewart, Tom Hopkins, Kathy Colby all had coaches. Whether it was their father, someone else's father, or another person who helped them to shape their desires into an achievable path to success with a system of accountability where quitting was the only way to fail. Each of these people had someone who didn't see them as they first were, but as the person inside they knew they could easily become. 
Financial coaching can be the single addition you need to become financially independent. Call the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation now for your free consultation. 1-866-966-9420. That toll-free number again is 1-866-966-9420. Or visit us on the web at www.unlockyourwealth.com. I'm Heather Wagonhall. Too much month left over at the end of the money? Tired of paying off debt like a slave? Then tune in to my one-minute update on the Jiggy Jaguar radio network for your cup of money motivation. And for more tips, visit crackingyourmoneycode.com. Greenback is your neighborhood lender for auto title loans. We offer fast and easy cash title loans for cars, trucks, and motorcycles. Keep your car with title loans from $100 to $50,000. There are no year or mileage limits at Greenback, and we offer the cheapest rates in Arizona, guaranteed. For more information, visit GreenbackTitleLoans.com or call 480-926-6666. Welcome back to the show, everyone. You are listening to Unlock Your Wealth Radio, and I am she, your purveyor of prosperity, Heather Wagonhall, and I am joined by our special guest today, Tom Corson Knowles. He is a best-selling author. He is an ebook publisher and he's the founder of an ebook publishing school. Actually, ebookpublishingschool.com to be specific. And Tom, before the break, we were talking about how big this industry is and how electronic books are actually outselling traditional books, but the numbers aren't there because ebooks are cheaper. So if somebody wants to become an author today, what does it take to succeed? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, I think the first one takes a commitment and a decision. You know, you don't just magically earn, you know, full-time income at something, you know, without really committing to it and really making the decision. You know, it's like if you're going to take a job at a, a new company and you're going to do all these interviews and you're going to prepare for it, you know, you have to have the experience and everything that, that it takes to succeed in that position, right? And it's the same thing as an author. The only difference is that you know, it's a really non-traditional career path to be an author. So, you know, you can't just go sign up with some big company and all of a sudden be earning a salary and a nice full-time income right away. You have to earn all that yourself. So it's really more like being an entrepreneur than being an employee. And that means you have to, you know, do everything it takes to succeed as an entrepreneur, which means you have to, you know, manage your schedule, manage your time, you know, be consistently growing your business and working on your business and, you know, solving all the problems that come with, you know, having a business. So, you know, the, the first thing, honestly, is you have to write a book. And, uh, you know, as a business, you know, just generally, you know, if you want to be a full-time author, you generally have to write more than one book. You know, that's not always the case. So, you know, you might be, you know, a health expert, and you might already be doing seminars and workshops and consulting and coaching, and your book is just another piece to the package that you want to put out there. So maybe you only need one book if you're an expert like that. But if you're a novelist or if you just want to be a full-time author, you know, you've got to consistently be writing books and creating content. Um, you know, it's very hard to succeed with just one book if you're not selling other things out there. So, Is it better to be nonfiction or fiction, or does it not matter? Oh, it doesn't matter. I think it's, you know, go with what you love to do and what your, where your passion is. Okay. Um, so, you know, if you love to write novels, you can make a great income writing fiction or writing novels. Um, if you're, you know, if you like to prefer to write nonfiction, you can make a great income doing that as well. It's really about, you know, what do you love to do? And when people ask me, you know, what's the most powerful marketing strategy as a front author? You know, there's no one answer to that because there's thousands of ways to market your book. 
But the key to, to success is to do it consistently. And you're not going to do something consistently if you don't love it, enjoy it, and if you're not good at it. So, for example, you know, if I say public speaking is a great way to sell out books, well, it's true. It's a great way. But if you hate public speaking and you're not good at it and you don't enjoy it, there's no way you're going to do it consistently enough to be successful over time. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Or be able to have the quality of performance you need to persuade somebody. If they don't like the way you speak, they're certainly not going to sit down and read your book after the fact. Right, exactly. So you really have to focus on what are your strengths. So I always try to get new clients and uh, new authors, I'm teaching them, you know, let's focus on what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses. And, uh, and you know, focus on your strengths because that's what's going to help you succeed. And then where you have weaknesses, find members that you can recruit for your team to help you fill in those gaps. So, for example, if you're really bad with web design and technical stuff and social media, you know, consider hiring someone or, you know, maybe you have a child or, you know, a young person who you can bring on your team to help you set up your Facebook accounts and your Twitter and things like that. Um, because if you're not good at it, you know, you know, if you could, you could spend 16 hours learning how to do Facebook or you could spend 16 hours writing a book. And if your strength is when writing, you should focus your, most of your time doing what you're really good at and then have other people help you with what, with where your weaknesses are. I like that. Focus on your strengths, delegate your weaknesses. And so, so, okay, so, so I've got this strategy. So I know, uh, I know what I love. And I know what I enjoy reading and like writing about. And so, and I know that I need to find marketing avenues that fit with what my passion is. And then I need to be able to delegate those things that I don't like. So, um, what happens if maybe I wasn't the best grammar student and I'm worried about how my delivery is? I have a great story to tell, but I might not be able to use all of the words. Are there resources for me to go get my writing snapped up? You know, can I get an editor? Do I need a ghostwriter? How do I decide whether I need to do that? And I guess, Bill, yeah, you use the word team. You know, what, what does my team need to consist of? Well, I think I think every good author, or every, not good author, but every really successful author has a great team around them. And one of the main people on your team will be an editor. Um, and so this can take all kinds of forms. So you can hire a professional editor. If you check out ebookeditingpro.com, uh, that's a great group of editors. They've all worked with like big New York publishers before, and now work independently. And they charge really cheap rates, but they do amazing work. Um, so that's one option is to hire a professional editor. Uh, another option is, you know, sometimes uh, I've had clients who they had a college professor in writing who, you know, just edits their books for free because they, you know, they have this great collegial relationship or. Maybe you have another friend who's an author who's really successful and they'll edit your work for free or at a discount because you have those relationships. But you know, at minimum, I'd say have at least three people edit your manuscript because everyone's going to have a little bit different viewpoint and people are going to find different typos and grammatical mistakes. So, mm-hmm. so editing is definitely a key that you need to have on your team. You know, some some authors, uh, you, you know, you might not even be, you, not, you might not even feel like you have really the skill to write the book in the first place. And so in that case, you even hire a ghostwriter. So one thing you could do is if you say, I'm bad at writing, I don't want to write my book, you can speak your book. So what you could do is in an interview format like this, you could write out all the questions that you want your interviewer to ask you and then answer those questions and record the audio or video and send that to a ghostwriter. And the ghostwriter will actually take all that content and turn it into a book for you. Oh, that's an awesome idea. So kind of like, you know, sort of dictated. Or, or or handwrite it out and then and then have somebody shape your content 
and make it sound right, exactly. flowery and appropriate to your audience. Exactly. That's yeah, so if, I mean, if you don't enjoy the writing process and you don't feel that's your strength, then, you know, recording audio can be a great way to do that and just hire a ghostwriter to write the book for you. Okay. All right, that's that's awesome. So as I'm as I'm cruising through this, is is selling my ebook the only way I can make money, for it, or is there other ways that I can make money from my book outside of book sales? Yeah, so there are lots and lots of ways to make money from a book or from a copyright for a book that a lot of authors don't know about. So. Uh, let's start with fiction. So for fiction, obviously, there are things like movie deals you could do. Um, you could have your work translated into other languages. You could sell your work in other countries. Uh, you could even do licensing deals. For example, if you have a movie, you know, like Harry Potter, there are Harry Potter wands and Harry Potter t-shirts. Those are all licensing deals. So the author actually gets a percentage of all of those sales. Um, you know, and so, so those are other ways to make money from fiction books. For nonfiction, um, there are lots of things that you can do. So let's say you write books on health and wellness and you do one-on-one coaching and you do consulting and you do speaking. Well, the book can be a great entry to your marketing funnel. So what happens is someone pays, you know, $5, $10 for your book. They buy your book. They love your book. At the end of your book, it says, hey, if you want more information, check out my website here. If you want a one-on-one coaching call, you know, schedule it here. If you want to, you know, buy my online video course, here's the link. And so what happens is people buy your book for a couple of dollars and then they go on to buy your other products and services at, you know, often much higher price points than the cost of a book. And, you know, book buyers tend to be the best buyers that you can get. So, you know, if someone goes to your website and they opt into your email list to get a free report, you know, that's not necessarily someone who's going to spend money with you, but someone who actually spends good money to read your book will tend to buy a lot more of your higher priced products and services. This has been great information. What I want to think about here in, in kind of my final question for you is what are some of the biggest mistakes that authors make that hold them back or keep them from achieving the success that's truly out there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. So I think you know, really the biggest mistake people make and probably the biggest reason people fail at anything in life is just that they quit. You know, they give up for whatever reason. And, you know, like, like you know, my own example, when I was 19, I wrote my first book. I tried to get it recently published. You know, six years, I failed. And, uh, you know, I had given up to some extent where I wasn't actively every day pursuing new publishing opportunities. But, you know, the moment I heard about self-publishing on Kindle, I took action. And so what I tell people is, you know, just don't give up on your dreams. Because if you really believe, if you feel in your heart, you know, you have this, this message that you feel that this is the right option for me, I want to do this, I'm going to do this, just never give up on that. You know, so if you come across a hurdle, uh, an obstacle, if you can't afford to hire an editor or you don't know what to do next, you know, just keep looking for answers because what happens is in life we try to, we commit to something, we say, I'm going to be an author, and then an obstacle comes up, we have a problem we have to solve. And what you need to do to solve those problems is find experts who can help you solve those problems. Don't try to do it all by yourself. You know, it's so much easier to go to someone who's done it before and say, hey, you know, how do I do this? And they solve your problem right there instead of spending, you know, months or years to figure it out on your own. So I think that's the biggest thing I would say is just find people who can help you get where you want to go. And they'll make the whole process a lot easier for you. 
And speaking of experts, you are the ebook expert. And if folks want to find out more information about becoming a self-published author and doing the ebook thing, how can folks find you on the web or or on Twitter or Facebook so they can get a part of what you're up to with your ebook publishing school? Yeah, definitely. So if you want to become a self-published author, you want to do it yourself, you want to learn how to do it, go to ebookpublishingschool.com. And there we have a totally 100% free video training course and takes you through everything you need to know to self-publish your book. So we take you through the whole formatting process. How do you format your book for Kindle? How do you get a cover design? How do you actually upload it and publish it on Kindle? How do you market your book? That's all covered for free at ebookpublishingschool.com. Now, I know because I've been speaking to authors so much that there's probably some of you who you say, well, I want to self-publish, but, you know, all the technical work and the web stuff, and I don't want to do all those technical details. I just want someone to do it for me. And so that's why we started TCK Publishing. So we're a publishing company. We specialize in eBooks and marketing books online for our clients. And we do all that hard work for you and most of the marketing for you. So if you're interested in that, check out tckpublishing.com. And then you can find me on Facebook, facebook.com slash publishing, and I'm on Twitter as well. Well, thank you so much for being a part of our show today, Tom, and thanks for being so willing to do all the heavy lifting. I know that I I want to use you next time because it was so much to get all of that stuff formatted, and I still got people saying, it doesn't look right. So if I could have somebody like you to be able to be my expert, that's just super awesome. And uh, uh, for those of you who are driving around without a pencil, never fear. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com is here where you can visit Tom's show page and get all the linky links to his school and his publishing company. And you need to sit still because the Keys to Riches is coming up on Unlock Your Wealth Radio. We'll be right back with more after this. Commander Marty Logan here from the Top Gun Seminars. What I've learned over the years is that the most successful people in life have coaches to guide them along their chosen path. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, Tony Stewart, Tom Hopkins, Kathy Colby all had coaches. Whether it was their father, someone else's father, or another person who helped them to shape their desires into an achievable path to success with a system of accountability where quitting was the only way to fail. Each of these people had someone who didn't see them as they first were, but as the person inside they knew they could easily become. Financial coaching can be the single addition you need to become financially independent. Call the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation now for your free consultation. 1-866-966-9420. That toll-free number again is 1-866-966-9420. Or visit us on the web at www.unlockyourwealth.com. Heather Wagonhalls here from CrackingYourMoneyCode.com. Tune in to my Unlock Your Wealth update for your daily cup of money motivation. Weekdays at 1225 during the midday news report on Corey's Hometown Radio, 1370 AM, WWCB. Greenback is your neighborhood lender for auto title loans. We offer fast and easy cash title loans for cars, trucks, and motorcycles. Keep your car with title loans from $100 to $50,000. There are no year or mileage limits at Greenback. And we offer the cheapest rates in Arizona, guaranteed. For more information, visit GreenbackTitleLoans.com or call 480-926-6666. 
Welcome back to the show, everyone. You are listening to Unlock Your Wealth Radio, and I am she, your purveyor of prosperity, Heather Wagonhals, on our Zyrtec D version of Unlock Your Wealth Radio. And yes, if you think I sound funny, it's because, well, I do, because I'm all hopped up on some antihistamines because there's been a lot of wind here. And so with the wind comes the allergens. So fabulous. Stuck out at the campsite yesterday with that wind. Oh, really? Not good. No, not good. Especially if you don't have enough rations. If you're only planning on being there. We had enough rations. Oh, well, if you're only planning on being out for so long, you don't have enough food or water, you're kind of like, whoops, ate it all, drank it all. It'll be a little SOL. Well, it's that favorite time of yours. It's the keys to riches. And for those of you joining us for the first time, welcome to the broadcast. We're so glad you stopped by. Hope you're, hopefully you're receiving some value out of today's show. The keys to riches is a baker's dozen of financial concepts that not only teach you how to think like the rich and be in control of your own money, it also gives you specific techniques to create or fix your credit, eliminate debt, save and invest, building wealth while transforming your current financial habits into healthy money management skills. We do this one week at a time, one key at a time from our keys to riches. And this week's key is take action, make assessment. So last week we did acceptance and affirmation. So we came to terms with whatever or wherever we are financially. We don't know what we're doing. We made mistakes and we thought we knew what we were doing or we didn't have a plan to begin with. We're brand new, wet behind the ears, just venturing out financially. And so we, we learned or we accepted that that's where we are. And then we started affirming our capabilities. We started building affirmations using our six P's for affirmation success. And uh, that's part of our trivia question this week. So I'm not going to go into the details of those. But that dovetails us into, okay, so I'm making these affirmations. What do I do? Well, the answer is we're going to take action by doing nothing. Actually, most people say, what? What are we doing? You're not going to give me a budget. You're not going to do this. You're not going to do that. Nope, we're not. And the reason why we're not is because we're going to do something organic. Okay, so just like the green grocer goes organic, we're going to go green with our organic assessment. So we are taking action in a way, but we're taking a passive action toward building our financial future. And the reason why we're going to do this is because we want, because you already know to spend less and save more. Okay, I wouldn't be making money (laughs) hawking my wares if that was the answer. Because the answer to money management isn't spend less and save more because we already know to do that, but we don't, okay? So the answer is we've got to figure out what it is that's keeping us from spending less and saving more. And that is the bigger challenge. And we have to examine behavior. But if we do it consciously, it's going to disrupt our actual behavior by actively keeping track of anything. So all we're going to do for the next six weeks, and this is until we get to our break the budget key because we don't budget here. We are anti-budget. We are our pro savings and spending plan instead. And they're in that order for a reason. You save first and then spend what's left over. Otherwise, people spend first and there's nothing left to save. So we save first and then we spend what's left over. 
But before we get there, we have to identify a few things. And this is where it gets tricky. And this is why all we're going to do is grab a 9 by 12 envelope, the biggest manila envelope you can find. And what you're going to do is you're going to stuff it with every receipt for every expenditure. Also throw any bills or statements, you know, make sure if they have to be paid that you copy them before you put them in there. But don't look at them. Do whatever you're doing now. The only thing different is we're going to make, create a receipt for everything. So if you go to the vending machine, you're going to have to write a little sticky note to yourself that you went to the vending machine, what you bought and how much you spent and, and date it, and then throw it in this envelope. And we're going to do this uh, for the next five weeks because the six weeks at the at week six, we're going to take all of that stuff out or actually week seven in the keys because this is week two. But after six weeks, we're going to take it out and then we're going to go through it. And without giving you too much information so it doesn't mess you up, the reason why we're going to do this is because we spend and behave differently at the beginning of the month versus the end of the month and at the beginning of the paycheck versus the end of the paycheck. And so you probably might connect with this. You get paid and you go down to the local drinking establishment or wherever you have fun and you go, hey, guys, first round's on me. And then by the end of the pay period, when you're waiting for your next paycheck, you're like, dude, can I bum around? Can I bum a cigarette? You know, can you pick up my round of golf today? So there's reasons why we do this, okay? And this creates this roller coaster effect for us financially. And if we are in sales or a commission-type business, our income will fluctuate. And so we need to create stability in our spending in order to create stability in our income as well. But we can't do that until we identify things. And so specifically, without giving you guys too much because I don't want to wreck it, what we're going to be looking for isn't how much because whatever it is, it's probably too much if it's causing a financial problem. So it's not about how much. So by tracking it this way passively and living how we're going to be living, it's going to be on our radar a little bit. You know, we might be a little bit more conscious about spending. Uh, but what we're trying to do is to figure out the when and the why, because then the how to solve our financial problems becomes obvious when we can figure out those two things. So that's what we're poising ourselves for. So again, if you give your kids allowance, if you go to the vending machine, if you run in and buy a scratcher lottery ticket for a dollar in cash and they don't give you a receipt, you better have a stinking receipt that you write out. But you don't want to look at them. You don't even want to catalog them. You don't want to handwrite anything because that's part of the process that we're going to use actually to retrain our brain. So handwriting is very, very powerful. So we don't want to start tracking anything. So just put it in and forget it. And then that's all you want to do. Because if you write it down, you're going to start changing brain patterns. We don't want to do that just yet because we want to identify what you're doing now. Because right now, what's causing you to do the things that you're doing is under your conscious awareness. And it's a motivational drive. And we've got to be able to assess and figure out what that drive is. And the only way to do that is to identify when the spending issues occur. And then when we see when we can backtrack to why, and why gives us the how to correct it. And we've got some awesome tools available for you to make this happen. So these are the things that you need to be thinking about um, as we get further in. So today, all we're going to do, your homework assignment for today, is to go get yourself a 9 by 12 envelope because we're going to be tracking 
more than a month because we need the beginning of a month and the end of the month and the beginning of a pay period and the end of a pay period a couple times so we can track the cycles. You're, you may need more than one manila envelope, but you need to get one. And again, you and then if you have a significant other, if there are other people spending your moolah like your kids or things like that, you need to get that tracked too. So anybody that has access to your banking records, banking accounts, your wallet, anybody that's lifting cash out of your wallet like teenagers notoriously do, except me because my mother never had any money, so there wasn't anything to steal. <laughs> there were some IOUs, and we didn't want those, so we just left those alone. <laughs> but we, needed to, we, we really need to be um, uh, cognizant of saving the receipts, but only that. If I, if I tell you any more, it's going to affect how you behave, and I don't want to change your behavior because we're not doing that right yet. If we start a budget now, it's going to change your behavior, but all it's going to change your conscious behavior and discipline. But um, discipline is a conscious activity, and behavior is a subconscious activity. And while we may be able to you know, restrain the monkey for a while, it ain't going to stay restrained and the behavior will show up again. So it's better just to um, track this kind of an anonymous kind of fashion and, and just keep saving these receipts and then we'll work on them when we get to break the budget. So for this week's key statement, key affirmation, and key action item, please visit our website at unlockyourwealthradio.com. And for more in-depth interviews with money experts, strategies, and members-only tools to fix your credit, get out of debt and have more money and happiness, back off the Zyrtec D and do what other savvy listeners have and visit unlockyourwealthradio.com where you go to get your money mind right so your wealth and happiness will follow. Be sure to become an Insiders Club member today and start receiving the benefits of millionaire wisdom right now. And today's show is brought to you by audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at unlockyourwealthradio.com slash free book and click on the link to over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Thank you so much for bearing with me through this allergy season and for Unlock Your Wealth Radio and Michael Terry. I'm Heather Wagonhalls. Now go out and unlock your wealth today. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com is produced by Heather Wagonhalls and the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com and its affiliates are copyrighted 2013 with all rights reserved. For more information on the Keys to Riches Financial Wellness Series, please visit our website at www.unlockyourwealth.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.